All right, Shabbosai, good morning, good morning. Let us begin. Beautiful daf ahead of us today. Short daf, beautiful daf. Uh, begin by thanking all of our sponsors. Ooh, just had it here a moment ago, I'm sorry. To thank our Talmud Torah sponsors for the month of Kislev. To thank Josh and Becca Friedman for dedicating all the shroom this month. Le'ilu Nishmas, Josh, Esfad, Yisrael, Yehuda, Benarav Chaim Rafal. To thank Sami Malka Esterson for dedicating all the shroom this month in memory of their parents. Yitzchok Leib Benarav Akoin, Sarah Rachel Bas Baruch Avram, Hinda Bas Henech Ephraim, and in the Zuchos of the continued health. And Nachas from Mr. Morton Esterson, Admeve Esim Shalom Tovos. To thank the Pepper family for dedicating the Shurim this month, the commemoration of the yard site of Shmuel's brother, Yosef Pepper, Yosef David Zichron Lebracha Ben Yaakov. To thank our week of learning sponsors, Hillary and Akiva Kent, in memory of Hillary's father, Svi Hirsch Ben Chanoch. And to thank our Dafyomi sponsors, beautiful uh, sponsor, David and Malki Kramer, in honor of the Dafyomi shift for making a seal on Art Scroll Nidarim Volume 1. Is the first and beginning art school in the Darim volume two and with Hakaras Hatov to the Shir for the enthusiasm each and every day and Baruch Hashem we've completed 29 art scroll volumes in the past three years. Beautiful, beautiful. Sounds like a commercial. Baruch Hashem, right? Then you can order here, right? So, let's say we thank the Kramers for that beautiful dedication. Hallelujah. We should be Zochem Hashem to finish many more volumes together. All right, Jeremiah, say, let's get to work. So, not, not a lot of Gemara today, but Baruch Hashem, a lot of fantastic concepts and a lot of really interesting halacha lamaisa. So, today's daf is Mem Hey, 45. We are picking up Amir Hashem on 44b. 44B at the Mesa. We actually be, we actually did the Mesa yesterday, but let's just pick up there again. One, two, three lines down. So we'll say, so just to reorient ourselves a little bit. The fundamental, the fundamental machlokis that we are dealing with over here is the machlokis Rabbi Yossi and the Rabbanon, which emanates in the Mishnah. That machlokis ultimately, again, is talking about, is talking about the mechanism of Hefker. Very quickly, the Rabbanon hold, once you make something Hefker, just the declaration of Hefker, it has left your ownership. Rabbi Yossi, it never really leaves your ownership until when? Until ultimately, again, someone else acquires it. The nafkamina between those two opinions was the case in the Mishnah. Reuven made a nether that Shimon can't benefit from him. They're traveling together. Reuven has food. Shimon doesn't have any food. Reuven wants to get food to Shimon, but he doesn't know how. To Rabbanon say, just put it down, make it Hefker. Shimon can pick it up. Rabbi Yosef says, no, that's not the way it works. Hefker does not work that way. Hefker will require ultimately a third party ultimately to acquire because again, according to Yosi, if Shimon picks it up and acquires it, quote unquote, from Hefker, Really, he's acquiring it directly from, directly from Reuven, which is a problem with the Neden. So we'll say, we, we then saw, we then saw the Gemara dealt with the Svar of Rabbi Yossi, we had a Braisa, then we had a Machlokusin Ula and Reish Lakish, ultimately, again, how to understand the Braisa. Good. So that's the summary. Let's pick up. Mesir, Gemara Yizikasha, Hamaf Kires Karmo, Ula Shachar, Amadu Batro. So let's listen to this. A person makes his vineyard Hefker. Okay, so this is the case of Hefker. I make my vineyard Hefker, and something interesting happens the next morning. The next morning, I come and I harvest the field. I harvest the field. Now, I will say, the Shaila that's really coming up over here is, what's happening when I harvest the field? Am I just providing a service for a Hefker field, or am I effectively reacquiring that field? That's the fundamental issue involved over here. So what's the halacha? Chayiv, the parrot. So we'll say, I am chayiv, 
in Peret Ololos Shechabe. So again, we discussed all of this yesterday. She will say Peret and Ololos represent, you know, the different, the different tzedakahs that you have to leave in a field. Just like, again, by a field, there's Leket, there's Shechacha. If you drop a stalk, you drop a bushel. So, so too, again, by Peret and Ololos, Peret is if you leave, end up leaving grapes on the vine. Ololos are underdeveloped clusters. That if you did not go ahead and pick them, you leave them on the vine. See, interestingly enough, in this case, if I made the vineyard hefker, and then I go back and I harvest it, so the vineyard is subject to the halachos of peret and ololos, shiracha and peya, but potter from meiser. But potter from meiser. Now I will say, if you take a quick look at the run, so the run, we actually did this yesterday, but just again, just to kind of catch us up, the run is two, four, six, eight, ten, eleven lines up from the bottom. So they say, Mafkis, Kamar Ulushakra Amaru Basra, Chayyim Peret to Olos of Shikhopea, Mishum, Da'afagab, the Hefker, Pater Mikulu, Nebosi, here's what's interesting. Generally, we would assume that a field that is Hefker, in other words, one of the things we've seen is that a field that is Hefker is what? Is Pater from, from Maestros, right? So it's interesting that this field is going to be Chayyim in Peret, Ololos, Shikhopea, and Peya, Kedarmina Ba'alma, Nishmar, the Meute Hefker, Afilu Hachi, so listen to this. The idea over here is Peret, Ololos, Shik, I'm sorry, Peret, Ololos, Shikacha, and Peya are unique. Why are they unique? Because the Torah discusses, ultimately, again, the, the Torah uses the word Tazov, if you leave them, which means, without getting into the entire drasha. Which effectively means that by these, by these tzedakos, or by these, we'll call them, I don't want to call them ties, we'll call them gifts, by these gifts to the poor, if you exhibit any level of ownership over the produce, the produce is chayiv, even if you are not the titular owner. Right? So I want to point out something very interesting. Up until now, we've always been assuming that only if there is actual ownership is a field subject to the various gifts and tithes. What we're now seeing is that in the world of gifts and tithes, there's titular ownership, and there's, I guess, what we'll call, for lack of a better term, um, circumstantial or perceived ownership, which is, in the, for example, so in this case over here, I made my vineyard hefter, but then the next morning, I'm harvesting it. So I will say, am I the owner? Am I the owner of the vineyard? Am I the owner? No. Why? I made a hefker. Do I look like the owner? Absolutely. Why? Because I'm harvesting it. So what's interesting is like this. So let's say, for example, Meiser. Meiser is the din in titular ownership. Who has title? Who actually owns it? If you don't own it, the field is not subject to Meiser. Yet, interestingly enough, Peret, Ololos, Shechacha, and Peya is not a din in titular ownership, but rather it's a din in circumstantial or perceived ownership. So because I am the one who is harvesting this over here, and again, I will say, that's a drusha that's based on the psukim themselves. Fine. So I will say, if you take a look at the next round, Patim in Amaiser, Fine. That's the case. So according to Ula, this makes sense. Are the authors ultimately again of this particular Braisa. And this is in line with biblical law. So take a look. Take a look at the Ran again. Second wide line in the Ran. Remember again, 
even though we said before going back to the beginning of yesterday's sugya, Chazal instituted something interesting by Hefker. What do they institute by Hefker? They'll say, what happens after you make something Hefker? What happens? You have three days to walk back that declaration. I will say, by the way, I just want to clarify something. Josh and I were talking about this yesterday after the shir. When we speak about the concept of walking back a declaration of Hefker, that's fundamentally different than acquiring something from Hefker, right? Walking back the declaration means what? Means what? The field was never Hefker. If the, as opposed to acquiring something from Hefker, where it becomes yours, what's an Afkamina? If you acquire something from Hefker, the field is Potter from Iser. If you walk back your declaration of Hefker, it was never Hefker. If it was never Hefker, then of course it's subject to all the different Shuma, we'll call it Maestros. So let's say, now watch this. So it says the Gemara, this statement makes sense according to Ula. Why? Back to the run. Kilomar, the Alpha Gav, the Tikkun Rabban, and Tok Shloshi Yachol Achserbo. Even though Chazal said within three days you have the ability to walk back your declaration of Hefker. The Chayvan Shekin Kizachabu Chayvan Maisim in the Rabbanon. So Afilu Achi Ki Asya Hach Alibayu Shapir Departed to come with Daraisa Katani. Ava Midrabbanon Einachinam Dechayv. So listen to this. See, here, here's what's driving the Gemara. So let me get this straight. Let me get this straight. I have a vineyard. I made it hefker. I made it hefker. So I'll say, now what happens? The next morning, I go back and I harvest it. Now I'll say, harvesting is a proprietary act. We said before that you could walk back your declaration of hefker within the first three days, which sounds like if I perform a proprietary act within the first three days, by definition, I have voided my hefker declaration. So Ula says like this. Ula says, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, that is a din dirabanon. Midaraisa, once you make something hefker, we'll say what happens, it's hefker. It's hefker, there's no three days. It's Chazal who walked in and said the three days. Well, so remember again, we saw this yesterday, Zab. Why did Chazal put that three day window? Why did they put that three day window? Because the people are trying to exploit the hefker system. Really, what Chazal was saying is, by the way, if you make something hefker and you reacquire it in three days, that hefker declaration is void. Because that shows. You were just trying to exceed. You, you, the owner, were just trying to exploit the loophole. So the way they phrase it is: if you make something hefker, you could walk it back within three days, it, making it as if almost as if like I have had a change of heart. <laughs> it's not about my change of heart. It's about me trying to exploit the system. That's what's happening over here. So according to Ula, therefore, what the Gemara is saying is like this: So when you make something hefker, you make something hefker. It's hefker. It's hefker. And therefore, again, if you go ahead, if you go ahead and you reacquire it, right? Ultimately, again, when it says that it's, that, that, so I'm sorry. So therefore, again, according, according to Ula, according to Ula, ultimately, again, mid-da'oraisa, this will work. But mid-da'oraisa, ultimately, again, it will be chayiv. However, lakish, but according to Rishlakish's interpretation, I from yesterday, ultimately, again, why would it be pater from Maiser? It should be chayiv in Maiser as well. Amr lecha, but Rishlakish will say to you, ki amri ano l'rabiyosi. Right? Ultimately, again, Rosh Lakish will say, my opinion is in accordance with Rabbi Yossi. Ha, Rabbanani. But this ultimately, again, reflects the view of the Rabbanon. Fine. Top of Memhei. Dibar Yossi. Rabbi Yossi, now watch this. Another possibility. Rabbi say, again, I, I was... The challenge with these Gemaras, the challenge with these Gemaras, even though that are short, I will say, almost every single one of these pieces is a machlokis between Rashi and the run about how to read the Gemara, which makes it very complicated because it's almost as if they're reading two different Gemaras. 
So in this Ibai's Ema, I'm going to point you in the direction of Rashi. So Rashi says, what's the Ibai's Ema? Ki pligi, ki pligi, Rabbi Yossi alayu dirabanan, da amri lo havi hefker. So we'll say, now let's take a step back. See, according to Rashi now, the Gemara is shifting. According to the Ran, this Ibai's Ema is how to interpret the Brisa. According to Rashi, the Ibai's Ema is in the fundamental Machlokas, Rabbi Yossi and Rabbanah. So I, I'm more excited to read it according to Rashi. Because mostly what this does is it closes out the Sugi beautifully. Remember again, how did we get into this whole situation, right? I've been asking myself that question for two days, right? How, how did we get ourselves into this? Well, so remember again, like I said before, this whole thing began with a Machlokas, Rabbi Yossi and the Rabbanon. What's the Machlokas, Rabbi Yossi and the Rabbanon? What's the Machlokas? What's the Machlokas? Ruvain made a nether. Ruvain said, nether, Shimon, you can't benefit from me. Ruvain and Shimon are now traveling together on the road. Ruvain has food. Shimon doesn't have food. Ruvain wants to somehow get food to Shimon, but he can't. Because again, if he gives food to Shimon, then Shimon is benefiting from Ruvain. So, what's, what is, so the Rabbanon say, no problem, Ruvain. Put the food down on the ground. Say, this is Hefker. Walk away. You don't have to walk away. Right? Just say it's Hefker. Shimon could come along and take it. Rabbi Yossi says, no, 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 no. That's not, that, that doesn't work. That doesn't work. So we'll say, now watch this. The Gemara says, maybe their machlokas, maybe their machlokas is in Metzias. Watch this. Ibai Zema, hadda afgrei ba'anpei tren, hadda afgrei ba'anpei tlasa. Ooh. Maybe, maybe I will say their machlokas ultimately is how you're making the object Hefker. Rabbi Yossi is talking about a case we are only making it hefker in front of two people. Making something hefker in front of two people is not going to work. The Rabbanon, on the other hand, hold the case where you're making it hefker in front of three people. So I will say, so maybe they're really not arguing about the mechanics of hefker. They're arguing about the number of people in front of whom you made your hefker declaration. So the Rabbanon are talking about a case where you're making hefker in front of three. That'll work. Rabbi Yossi says, talking about a case where you're making it hefker in front of two. That will not work. Bose, take a look at the rush for just a moment. Bose, top rush, right hand column, right hand column. When Rabiosi says that the item that's Hefker does not become the property of the, of, the, of the person who acquires it until it comes to his hand, that's talking about a case we made, we made the item, Ruben made the item Hefker in front of two people. Wow. I will say, so now what we're saying is like this. Maybe the machlokas, it's not really a machlokas in the mechanics. I mean, it is machlokas in the mechanics of Hefker, but it's machlokas in Metzias. According to the Rabbanon, the case is where, the case is where, according to Rabbi Yossi, let me say, the case is where there are two people who are present. Making Hefker, making something Hefker in front of two people, I will say, is in the words of the Rush, not Mephorsam. It's not public. And we're going to discuss it with the Mishnah at the moment. And because it's not public, therefore, again, it doesn't really leave the ownership of Ruvain until it gets to the hands of Shimon. That, says Rabbi Yossi, is a problem, right? That's a problem in our case. Why? Because if the object in question, the food in question, does not leave the domain of Ruvain until it gets to the hands of Shimon, then it turns out that what? That what? That Ruvain is giving something to Shimon, and that's a violation of the nether. But even Rabbi Yossi would agree that when the hefker is made in front of three people, in front of three people, then it's mefursam, then it's public, 
that item leaves the ownership of Reuven in totality at the time of the declaration, and therefore Shimon would be able to go out and take possession of it without being in violation of the nether. Incredible. Incredible. So Jose says, now watch this. The Gemara says, Dan Rabbi Yochanan, Mishra Rabbi Shimon Yehud Sadak. Because Rabbi Yochanan says this in the name of Rabbi Shimon Yehud Sadak. Kala mafkir bifnei shlosha havi hefker. If you make something hefker in front of three people, it's hefker, it's hefker. Bifnei shnaim lo havi hefker. In front of two people, it's not hefker. So we'll say, fascinating distinction between making hefker in front of two verses. You know, we'll say, now take a look at the run. So we'll say, so the run is in the wide lines, in the wide lines, two, four, five lines into the wide lines. When you make something hefker in front of two people, ultimately, again, that's a public statement. That's a public statement. And therefore, again, you're making it almost like it's a, it's, yeah, it's a public statement. If they shine will have a half girl, say, listen to this. The Haven de Leka Kala Adaita Dido Bolachud Afkare, the Dummy Lamatana. So, we'll say this is absolutely fascinating. What the Ryan posits is like this When you make something, when you make something half girl in front of two people, there's not really, there's not really a publicity to it. Not a publicity to it. If there's not a publicity associated with it, I will say, the world, the Velt, the world, the world doesn't know about it, what is that like? It's like a matana. It's like you're giving a gift. In front of three people, there is a, there is a publicity to it. Where there's a publicity to it, that's hefker. I will say, so now everyone knows, so to speak, right? Three people have a call. Everyone knows that I've made this hefker. That's hefker, because now the public, so to speak, knows the item is ownerless and anyone could take it. You say it in front of two people, that really lacks the element of publicity. Because it lacks the element of publicity, it's not really hefker. What do I call that? Amatana. Now, we'll say, so, now, this is Rabbi Yossi's model. Therefore, in Rabbi Yossi's world, now again, remember, when you make a matana, you give a gift to someone. So we'll say, I'm giving a gift to Ruvain. When does that gift become Ruvain's? When does it become Ruvain's? When he acquires it, right? In other words, if I, if I take a gift and I put the gift down on the table, I say, Ruvain, that's for you. Ruvain doesn't own it yet. So Rabbi Yossi will say, Hefker in front of two people is like a matana. And just like in the same way, that a matana is only acquired by the recipient. When the recipient takes possession of it, so to hefker made in front of two people also only goes ahead and becomes the property of the recipient once he takes possession. Now again, for our case over here by Nidarim, that's problematic. Because in that case, it turns out that when Shimon takes the food, he's really getting it from whose possession? From Ruvain's. And therefore, Ruvain is giving something to Shimon, conveying benefit to Shimon. That's in violation of the nether. So I will say, this is absolutely mind-blowing. So this, this is really fascinating. So now what we're saying is, really it's a function of how many people you make the Hefker Declaration in front of. In front of two, it's not really public. And therefore, again, the Hefker really kind of takes on the mechanics of a gift. And therefore, it doesn't become the property of the intended recipient until it is actually taken possession of. In which case, again, that will be a violation of the nether in our case in Mishnah. Versus, if the nether is made in front of three, that's public. That's public, right? That has like a piercing, a publicity associated with it. And everyone, even Rabbi Yossi would agree that in the case of three, once Ruvay makes it hefker, he no longer has any ownership interest in it. And if Shimon were to take it, it would be totally fine. So the Gemara says, that's all right. Shobin, Levi, Shobin, Levi argues. He says, no, no, no. Devar Torah, not true. So once Rabbi Shubham Levi comes along and says, guys, absolutely not true. You can even make something hefker in front of one person 
and that works. You don't need two, you don't need three. A half care declaration in front of one person works. So we'll say, so why does the number three come up at all in the context of Hefker? In other words, if you can make something Hefker in front of one person, why does three come up? So we'll say, it's actually absolutely incredible. Today, so we'll say, <coughs> here's what's interesting. Why does three come up? Three comes up, and I'll say, because three is a good number. Why is three a good number? Because we'll say, listen to this. If you have three people who are there, then one could acquire the item, and two can testify about the fact that the one acquired it. So we'll say, so th- three is just a nice number to have for the Hefka process because it's like one-stop shopping, right? So assuming one of the three acquires the item, you now have two independent witnesses to corroborate the fact that two is the present owner. But Enachan Roshobin Levi says, while three is nice, while three is nice, at the end of the day, not necessary. A Hefka declaration becomes effective even in the presence of one individual. I will say, if you take a look at the Ran, take a look at the Ran, the three lines are from the bottom. Ule inyan halacha, so how do we pass it in this area? So the Ran says, So here's what's interesting. So the way the way the Ran understands the sugi is like this. The Ran says that the halacha is midoraisa. You can make an object hefker even in the presence of one person. But, you need three. You need three. Why? Because this way one could acquire and two could go ahead and two could go ahead and testify that the other has acquired the item. So we'll say, so okay, let's, let's, wrap, let's wrap up this sugya halacha lamaisa. So we'll say, so first of all, let's just go in order. So halacha number one, halacha number one, the Mishnah. Who do we paskin like? Rabbi Yossi or the Rabbanon, right? Rubei made a nether, Shimi, you can't get any benefit from me. They are now traveling together on the road. Traveling together on the road. Rubin has food, Shimon doesn't have food. Rubin can't give food directly to Shimon. Why? Why? Because of the nether. So what's the Shiloh? He wants to put it down on the ground, make it hefker. Does that work or not? Here we go. Rambam, Hilchos, Nedarim, Perek, Zayin, Halochi, Yudalit. Hayu mahalchin baderech ve'in lama yochal. Reuven and Shimon are walking on the road. Reuven and Nezir Shimon can't get benefit from him. And Shimon has nothing to eat. Reuven has food. No sin la'achar mishumatana. Fala mutaba. So the ideal, what's the ideal? The ideal is if they're traveling with Levi, then what does Reuven do? Give the food to Levi. Now it belongs to Levi. Levi can give it to Shimon and not do it with Reuven anymore. That's the ideal. And the Mishnah said that as well. What if there's not a third party? Levi's not there. Here we go. Get ready. Maniach ala sela. The Rambam Paskin is like the Rabbanon, that Ruvain has the ability to put the food on the rock, say the food is Hefker, and now Shimon has the ability to go ahead and take it. So I will say, we Paskin like the Rabbanon. We Paskin like the Rabbanon, which means that in the mechanics of Hefker as well, we Paskin like the Rabbanon, namely, that when you make something Hefker, you do not retain ownership on that until the second party comes along and takes ownership of it. Rather, once you make something hefker, what's the halacha? You have nothing to do with that item anymore. And therefore, again, when the other party comes along and acquires it, they're not acquiring it from you. Who are they acquiring it from? Who are they acquiring? Hefker. And therefore, halacha, therefore, in this case where Shimon has no food, 
Rubei can simply put it on the rock, right, or on the ground, wherever, and say again, Harei'elu Mufkarn, this food is Hefker, Rubei's out, Ruvain's out, Shimon can come and take the food, and he's not taking anything from Ruvain. Excellent. That's halacha number one. I both say. Halacha number two. What about this three day thing with Hefker? Right? You make something Hefker, the Gemara said, after, right within the first three days, you could walk back your Hefker declaration. Is that true? Halacha la I said, listen to this. Exciting stuff. Hilchos the Darim. Perek base halacha yudzayin. Hamafkir es sadeovalozacha ba adam. Both say, I make my field Hefker. No one else has claimed the field. Kol shloshi yamim yachol achzerbo. Rabbi say for the first three days after you made it hefker, you could walk back your declaration. Rabbi say, so to be clear, what does this mean? Not that you made it hefker, you could reacquire it from hefker. Of course, you could reacquire anything from hefker. What it's saying is, for the first three days after you made the declaration, if you reacquire that field, or you, you could reacquire that field and void your hefker declaration. I will say, now, there are two ways to read that statement. After you make a field hefker, within three days, you, if you reacquire it, you can make that declaration <laughs> void, or to say a little bit differently, if you reacquire that field within three days, you have what? You have voided your hefker declaration, right? Why have you voided your hefker declarations? Once again, to avoid exploitation, right? I will say, right, two ways to read this statement. I make my field hefker. First way to read it is, Within three days, I can walk back. I could void that Hefker declaration by reacquiring the field. What that really means is, if you make your field Hefker and you reacquire within three days, then what? You have voided that declaration. Why? Because we will say, because out of concern that the only reason you made it Hefker was why? Was why? To go ahead and avoid, it's the tax shelter. To go ahead and avoid making, giving my sir. If you make it Hefker, reacquire within three days, that shows that you never really had intention to really make it hefker. Therefore, it's void. It's two different ways to read the statement. But bottom line, I want to point out, this concept is true. Therefore, if you make something hefker, no one else acquires it. Within the first three days, you can walk back that declaration. And therefore, again, when you take it back, so to speak, you are avoiding the hefker declaration as, as if it's never been hefker. And therefore, again, obviously, it becomes subject to trumas and meisters. Good. Number three. Halacha number three. How does Hefker work? Does Hefker have to be made in front of two, three, or one person? So, Bas said, Ramam, Hilchos Nadarim, Perak, same Perak, Perak, Perak base, Halacha Tezain, here we go. Hamafkir Esakarka, Hamafkir Esakarka, okay, good. Hamafkir Esakarka, Kalakodim Hechsik Bazacha. So, Bas said, if you make something Hefker, and whoever acquires it first has acquired it. Now, when I watch this, Din Torah, Avilu Hifke Bifne Echod, Hareze Hefker, Vinifta Mina Maestros, Kumushi Sparagom. So, Mosai, Salokam, Midoraisa, Midoraisa, Hefker only needs to be made in the presence of one individual. In other words, Mosai, the, the operative piece here is you do have to make an item Hefker in front of someone, right? So, in other words, someone has to be aware, someone has to be aware about your Hefker declaration. But, but Midoraisa, even if you only made the item Hefker in front of one person, it's Hefker. And therefore, by extension, the item is now Potter from Isris. Aval, here we go. Midivrei Sovrim. Eino Hefker at Sheyafker b'fnei Shloshe Kedishia Echazocha Imratza Vashnayim Uidim. It will say, Midrabanon, Hefker should really be made in the presence of three people. So we'll say, like Rabbi Yeshua and Levi. So Midaraisa, Hefker works even in the presence of one person. Midrabanon, Midrabanon, 
ultimately, again, even in the Midar Rabbanon, really need three. Why three? Again, because this way you have one person who could acquire and two people who could attest to the fact that the acquisition itself actually occurs. So I will say to now three important nuggets of halacha lamaisa information. Um, good. All right, there's interesting other, other interesting piece, but let's let's go weiter. Let's go weiter. So I will say so again. I'm with base. Here we go. First of all, hajun alach bein bein amudar. I will say mazaltov, mazaltov, mazaltov. Let us continue. So the Gemara goes back. I will say Mishnah, new Mishnah, or at least actually the Mishnah extends already onto onto Amud, onto Mivamudal. Well, at least begin the Mishnah. Hashutfin. I will say very interesting case here. Hashutfin shenatru hanaa zemizem. All right. So I will say here we have an interesting case. What's our interesting case? Partners. Let's call them Reuven and Shimon, right? So Reuven and Shimon are partners in a field. Now, what did Reuven and Shimon do? They made a nether. Not to derive benefit to one from the other. Right? Reuven said, Reuven made an editor, he's not getting benefit from Shimon. Shimon made an editor, he's not getting benefit from Reuven. Fine. Or I will say, remember, these Nadarim could also be phrased as Reuven made an editor that Shimon can't get benefit from him. Shimon made an editor that Reuven can't get benefit from him. Fine. What's that? Lacha? Asurin likanes lachatzer. So I will say, and here's what's interesting. They have, they own a chatzer, right? They, 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 own, they own a field together. They own a field together, right? So Ruben and Shimon, in other words, remember, they're Shutfin. Why are they Shutfin? Because they own property jointly. So now they have a field. So I'll say, so now what's the Shaila? What's the Shaila? So now they have a joint field. So now, is Ruben allowed, so the Shaila is, is either party permitted to enter into the field? Because after all, again, when you enter, right? If Ruben enters into the field, I will say, he's benefiting from who? From Shimon, right? Because it's a jointly owned field. Shimon enters into the field, he's benefiting from Ruben. Therefore, again, the Tanakhama, the first opinion of the Mishnah says, if they made an editor not to benefit from one another, ultimately, Asurin Likanes, they can't walk in, neither, neither could walk into the field. Because by definition, since it's a jointly owned field, if Ruben walks in, he's, enjoy, he's benefiting somehow from Shimon. If Shimon walks in, he's benefiting somehow from Ruvain. They both say, Rabbi Elazar ben Yaakov, Omer, Zen Nichnas Lesov Shalom, Vezen Nichnas Lesov Shalom. On the other hand, Rabbi Elazar ben Yaakov says, No, no, Ruvain is permitted to enter into his part of the field, Shimon is permitted to enter into his part of the field. Now, I will say, what's going on over here? So take a look at Rashi. This is really quite interesting. Feel, feel, feel free to peruse that run on your own. Right? That's, that, that's your homework. That's we're going to stick with Rashi today. So look at Rashi says over here. So Rashi says, So we'll say, now watch this. Because again, the Tanakhama says, look, every, we'll say, how do we view ownership? How do we view ownership? So we'll say, there are two ways to view ownership. Let, let's talk about this outside for just a moment. Right? Ownership can be viewed as Reuven and Shimon own every single inch of land in joint ownership. Right? Everything is joint ownership. So the Tanakhama says, because every single thing is joint ownership, Reuven, if you take a step onto that field, what are you stepping on? What are you stepping on? Property that you own jointly together with Shimon. Right? Every, every, every parcel, of, every, not parcel, every, every inch of land. Right is owned jointly. So I'll say, what is that a function of? The kasavar ain breira. I'll say, remember again, breira. What's breira? What's breira? Breira is the concept of excellent. Is there a concept of retroactive clarification or not? So I'll say, now watch this. Essentially, what we say is like this: We know that in the field, in reality, what does Ruvain own? What does Ruvain own? Fifty percent. What does Shimon own? Fifty percent. I'll say the shaila is 
can you define that 50%? In other words, can I separate out the 50% from one another? Or do we say, no, every single piece of land, by definition, is 50% Ruvains and 50% Shimons. Now, when they own it jointly and together, generally, we say, it doesn't matter. In other words, it doesn't matter. They're partners. They're partners in everything. In this case, it matters. Why? Because now they're partners, but they made a nether not to benefit from each other. So I'll say, let's work backwards. Let's work backwards. If you hold yesh breira, if you hold that there is a concept of retroactive clarification, then what? Then, which, which is what the Rebbe Yaakov says, then both Reuven and Shimon could walk on the field. Why? Because I will say, when Reuven takes a step on the field, what do we say? What do we say? It's been retroactively clarified that the, that the part of the field that Reuven is standing on belongs to who? Belongs to? Belongs to Reuven. Belongs to Reuven. That's what Breira does. Breira is able to create the sense of retroactive clarification. Reuven only owns 50%. Which 50% does he own? Which 50% does he own? The part that he's standing on right now. That's part of his 50%. Now, by the way, when he takes another step, what does Breira say? What does Breira say? That's also part of the 50% that he owns. That's Breira. So Rebbe Yaakov says, no, no, no. Reuven and Shimon could both go ahead and traverse the field. That's not a problem. Why? Because Yish Breira and Breira will say wherever they are standing, that's the part that they own. The Tanakhama holds in Breira. In Breira. So we'll say, if you hold in Breira, then what? What does that tell you? What does that tell you? There is a defined 50% amount that Reuven owns and a defined 50% part that Shimon owns. But because at the end of the day, they've never dissolved their partnership, that means what? Every single part of that 50% of Ruvain is intertwined with the 50% of Shimon. There's no, right now, right now, before they force a dissolution, there's no way to extricate those partnership interests from one another. Therefore, every, if Ruvain were to step on the field, by definition, he's stepping on a part of the field that he owns in joint partnership with Shimon. Therefore, if he steps on there, ultimately what? He's benefiting from Shimon. So we'll say, now let's see it inside. Rashi says, it's really kind of the Rashi says, because we'll say every single step that Reuven takes, he's stepping on a part of the field that he owns together with Shimon. The Kasavar, the Tanakama holds, Tanakama holds, Ein Breira. There is no attractive clarification. The Eimar, Hai Lechelech Chavera Ayol, Bahai Lechelech Chavera. So we'll say if you hold Breira, then you could disentangle the partnership interests, right? It's retroactively clarified that this piece of land that Ruvain is standing on is part of his 50%. And when Shimon comes on the field, the part of the field that he's standing on is trying to clarify that that's his 50%. And Shalom al-Yisrael. So incredible. So incredible. Ultimately, again, that will be the fundamental machlokin. So let's just read another line. Top of Membav. However, everyone agrees. Ushnehem. Asrum Lahamid Rechayim Vitanor. Rabbi say, here's what's interesting. Although there is a machlokas about whether or not Ruvain can walk on the field or Shimon can walk on the field, everyone agrees. The Tanakhama and Rabbi Lazar Yaakov that neither party has the ability to use the field in a more concrete, long term fashion. So, for example, neither of them could put a mill, use a mill on the field, <coughs> neither of them could put an oven on the field, neither of them could raise chickens on the field. As Rabbi said, the idea over here is if you look at the run, if you look at the run on the left hand side, we're going to see in general field ownership, 
partners are not mocked on each other. So in other words, I'm, I'm Ruben and Shimon are partners. Ruben wants to put an oven on, right? he wants to put his pizza oven on the field. Shimon is not mocked. But I will say, if Shimon wanted to be mocked and said, hey, you can't put that oven there, I will say Shimon could block that. Because Shimon could block it, therefore in this case of where they're mudr hana from one another, you can't, essentially what the Mishnah is saying is, neither partner could do something that the other partner could technically block under normal circumstances. So, whereas there is a machlokes regarding the ability to walk on the field, everyone agrees that any more intense usage is going to be usher under this particular circumstance. Rabbi say, Shkoyach. We'll stop over here for today. What a week of beautiful accomplishment. Maslam, I'm finishing the parak. Maslam, I'm beginning the new parak. Rabbi say, Shkoyach.